It seems cliche, but when dealing with a tragedy or a crisis, most of us experience some version of the five traditional stages of grief. We're all different, so we all experience them differently. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the psychiatrist who identified these stages back in 1969, said they're not necessarily experienced linearly, and some people might not experience them at all. They're just broad, common stages people go through when grieving. And that isn't limited to death and divorce. It can apply to losing your job too. Today, I'm talking to Ronice Felicia Latta. She is a wife, a mother, a daughter, an accountant turned author, and most of all, a child of God. Greetings, Ronice, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I hear you have some exciting things going on, and you have quite the story to tell. And I know you've been telling the story a lot, but I have to have my podcasters hear the story that you have to tell. So what's going on with you? Well, so it is a lot going on. And as you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now with this yeah. COVID crisis in which a lot of people um, are in a space in which they never expected to be in, me included. Um, and there's a lot of uh, millions of Americans and people have been unexpectedly found themselves unemployed. Yes. And I, that was my story not too long ago. And so I um, was unemployed, found myself laid off unexpectedly from a large corporation a few years ago. And it threw me into a season of uncertainty, much of like what we're experiencing now. And so I ended up making a career pivot. And that's what's going on with me now as I, as you've mentioned in the intro, have um, become an author. I'm a recently published author. Oh, that's exciting news. Before we get to that book, I want to know, when you were let go, did you know you would experience grief? No, I did not. I had been with this company for over 26 years. I did not expect to. Wow. Leave. Yeah, I did not expect. That's a long time. It was a very long time. I I did not expect to leave the company that way. I thought that I would retire, um, you know, after being with the company for that long, almost 30 years. Who yeah. Who would think that they would be leaving without a retirement package? But that is not my story, unfortunately. And, and then again, I say unfortunately, it was unfortunate at the time. Um, but after going through um, this, being on this journey, I can see that there is a silver lining. Um, awesome. So, you know, that is some of what it, I would like to talk about at some point. But I'm telling you, when it, when it first happened, I did not see it coming. And I didn't, it took me quite a while of being um, away from the office and from my normal routine and being sad a whole lot about the situation. Ah, yes. okay. Yes, there was some deep sadness that began to surface. And it took quite some time for me to put a name to it. And it wasn't uh -huh. until I was having lunch with a friend one day. And I said, I don't know why I am so sad. I don't know how to shake this feeling of sadness. And he said, you're grieving. 
Wow. He said, what? He said, you're grieving. You're grieving the loss of your job, of your comf- being in your comfort zone, your routine. And I had to sit with that. Wow. I had to sit with that. Yeah. And I concluded he was right. I was yeah. actually going through stages of grief. That is incredible because those stages that I mentioned earlier, you have anger, denial, depression, bargaining, and yeah. So I would all of those not necessarily in that order, but no, I was never in that order. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, what about yeah. what about your sleeping and eating? How was that? Well, thankfully, my appetite never went away that's Um, great yeah my appetite never went away sleeping my sleeping habits changed I was restless I was extremely restless for quite some time um because probably because I was very busy with the type of work that I did as an accountant I worked um in controllership I had quarter closes so and I'm a wife as you mentioned and I'm a mother of two and I was very active in my church at the time. And so I had a lot going on all the time with, you know, with a, a busy managerial job with two children that were school age and, and active um, in their recreational activities and school activities. Uh-huh. Right. So, so much, so many things came to a screeching halt for me. Um, and so my day wasn't as busy as normal. And so I think that also added to the fact that I wasn't sleeping very well. Now, losing your job, how did that affect affect your identity and your feelings of worth in all these facets of your life? Yet again, there was something that I did not expect. I did not realize, Kim, how closely tied my identity was to my job. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) It was not until after, again, the emotional state that I was in and starting to feel, you know, I didn't question my self-worth, but Uh there was some remnants of that. Yes. Like, what's my purpose now? Yes, I was a mom still. Yes, I was a wife, a daughter. You know, I still have those other relationships that are, critical to and important to us in life but that day-to-day purpose of getting up and having somewhere to go and you know making a difference in a a difference in the space you know I think sometimes we take for granted the home space yes right um and so I was home and I was in my community doing things but you know a lot of us find our worth in our work Yes. And I did not realize, and I worked for a global conglomerate, a well-known company. And so, you know, there are some feelings of uh, rejection one goes through when they lose a job. Oh, I know. And that could be just terrible. Yes. Because you're you're 26 years in. 26. And then they don't, they don't even want you anymore. Don't even want you anymore. And it wasn't anything that I did wrong. It was... The, no. the fact that the company decided to sever its financial services arm. I was in accounting and slash finance, and I worked for the business that was the first one in chopping block, chopping block. And so okay. I was not alone in the layoff. There were thousands of us globally who were let go. 
Yeah, but, but you know, the interesting thing, it, it, it's, you feel it individually. You can't say, hey, I'm not the only one. That it, That's a tough time. Yes, it's very personal. And here's the other piece of it. The company sold um, the division off by portfolios. And so since I was in management, I stayed until the very end, until all the loans were, were um, sold off. And so uh-huh. I remained two and a half years after the original and initial announcement. And uh-huh. people were laid off in waves. And so I believe that was like a drawn out process. Like the grief started even before I left the building. The grief began before my last day because I was constantly saying goodbye to yeah were like family and friends and colleagues you know whatever the relationship was I have with people it was different on different levels with different people but it was a two and a half year period that this company that I knew and loved was literally dying because it was going to be closing oh that is something else I never thought of it that way you were there so you didn't even have time to be hopeful. You knew it was going down. I knew it was going down. I knew it was going down. And I, you know, I, I was fortunate enough, like I believe I was fortunate enough to be able to stay until the very end because there were some benefits that came with me being there um, as long as I did. But the downside was that it was like mourning a slow death because wow. the, the, I saw the tears in people's eyes as they left the building. We were saying goodbye constantly at, you know, um, going away events and the lights were being turned off in offices, you know, friendships were like, okay, stay in touch. You know, it was a lot of that going on. So it was just an interesting dynamic to be experiencing this as a company with so many other people but an actual business closing slash yeah and then experience the parallel into what i was experiencing as an individual so as far as your experience grieving you you say that you began the mourning period in addition to sadness what else were you feeling vulnerable very mm-hmm. very vulnerable mm-hmm. um a little scared because i was about to enter in an, an unknown unknown space i didn't know what i was going to do next um there was some anger okay because I, you know there were questions about was this the right time why this was happening and the fact that i was a good six years away from early retirement oh wow yeah <laughs> Yeah, you had your own plan, but, but God had a different plan for you. He, he surely did. He did. And that was to, that was to be seen. But Kim, I didn't know that initially. You didn't. I did not so, know that initially. So you're home now, and you begin to continue with your studies, the Bible, doing your um, devotionals, or what have you start to tell me about how this book came along okay so the book came along because i started writing and i found writing to be therapeutic it was just a way for me to 
um, deal with the overflow of grief that I was experiencing. We go through some things and it's hard to put into words. Sometimes it's hard to actually articulate what you're feeling to people. Mm -hmm. And so it was easier for me at times to just write what I was feeling. And so since I was building my spirit man up by reading the Bible, reading the word of God, listening to my gospel music, inspirational music, watching um, Christian teachings and preachings, reading books. You know, I was doing those things, but the, the what really helped me was when I sat down at my computer and I started writing. And it's nice. an interesting way that um, the Lord guided me with my writing. There was a there was an actual format, and so I was would get a scripture that would just stay with me. Or I would get content, something would happen in my day, or I would hear a story and it would trigger something. And so all my devotionals, although I wasn't writing initially a book, I was just writing devotionals that I, so I thought just to help myself get through the day, get through the week. And so the format for my devotionals was always a scripture, content, and then a prayer, and then a little summary at the bottom. And that was just like the formula that I did every time I sat down to start writing. You sound like a type A person. You you were just right on point every day. You, you knew what you were going to do. You did hear that I was an accountant, right? Very yes. <laughs> very black. Yes. Very bottom line. I'm 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 a, the oldest sister. You know. I yes. I I I am a type A. But you know what? In this season, since this happened, since I've been in transition, I have learned to be more spontaneous. I've learned to take more risk, you know, so some good came, a lot of good actually came out of this, um, what, what appeared to be a horrible experience initially. Exactly. Because not all people can be disciplined like that, Bernice. They, they're all over the place. They're writing down, like my mother's good for writing down on little slips of paper. Mm-hmm. But you built, you came out of corporate and you built up a system. But the part of the story that I want to share with the podcasters is that you had this system set up and you didn't even had a thought about publishing a book. No, I did not. I'm so fascinated by that. (laughs) It's just the way my mind operates, right? Again, being an accountant and just being very um, bottom line and you you need to be organized. And um, time management is very important in the type of work that I've been doing all these years and being a clear thinker. And the fact that I wasn't thinking clearly, um, you know, or I didn't have a clear path as to what direction I should move into because when I left corporate I while I was sad there was still an excitement in my spirit there was an excitement within that I was being released for something greater and I just didn't know what that was but I felt like something something good was about to happen I I didn't know when 
but uh-huh. at least I had, that uh-huh. was the hope that I had because there was something within that told me that this God was not going to close a door without opening the window. Window, and that may sound very cliche. I know people say that type of stuff all the time, but I actually am living a living witness to that being true, and not the wow. same. That's that's something else. So when you stopped working, how many how much time passed before you got in this method of um um writing down your devotionals? Well, now that you're thinking about it, I actually began writing down the devotionals before I was laid off. So seven months before I was laid off, I started writing. Because as I mentioned to you. As I said earlier, I was already mourning and didn't realize it. So the overwhelming uh-huh. emotion had already begun to surface. It just hadn't overtaken me. But it had already began to surface about seven months prior to my departure. And so one January 1st, you know, New Year's Day was the first day that I wrote a devotional. And the first one actually that first one is the first one that's in my book called count your blessings and i had okay that was another way that i started to come around was because i had to turn those negative thoughts into positives and it was okay time when the new year came around i was like okay it is really not as bad as you think you are going to look at the positives and you are going to count your blessings And sometimes that's what we have to do, especially when we're grieving or we're in a bad space and we're feeling less than, or we're feeling sad, we're feeling scared, we're depressed, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. feelings. You have to start with the little things that really aren't as little as we may think. Look, thank God I woke up this morning. Thank God I'm in my right state of mind. Thank God that I got a severance package just to bring it back to my job. God, Mm -hmm, I still have mm -hmm. health insurance for a while. Thank God I have a husband who still has a job. Thank God my kids are are healthy, you know? And so that's where yeah. that count your blessing came from. And once you start being, having an attitude of gratitude, that is, was, you know, that for me was definitely a great way. And that was my normal demeanor, Kim. I was normally a very yes. optimistic, faith-filled person. But this situation just knocked me off my feet yes and and see that's the thing you were used to being in control yes and you were not controlled you mentioned count your blessings i want to um share the beginning of that devotion the first paragraph um no second paragraph life is filled with ups and downs in the course of a year we may celebrate happy occasions like the birth of a grandchild or the marriage of a dear friend we may also experience difficult circumstances such as the death of a loved one or loss of a job whatever the case it's best to focus on your blessings not your shortfalls and everyone could agree with that yes and it's easy when things are going well for us to say, oh, absolutely. But it's a whole nother thing when you have lost, like the rug was pulled from underneath your feet in, in a yes. sense. And that that's definitely was a trying time for you. So um, your book is called The Layover and it 
it could be found in um, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Yes, would yes, you say Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com? It's in a couple of brick and mortar um, Barnes and Nobles as well. Although we can't go to the store, but once they open up again, you know, yeah, in Barry, Connecticut, Stanford, Connecticut um, Town Center. Um, but it's also sold at online any online distributor that sells books. Now, why did you name it The Layover? Well, it's the, the entire name, The Layover Devotionals for when you're between where you were and where you're going. And that, that title just hit me one day. I was literally driving down the highway and the title just came to me. And I named it The Layover because I was in an uncomfortable and an unfamiliar space waiting on a divine connection. Awesome. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. And that just brings wow. me back, you know, to what I was saying about I was out of my comfort zone. I was in a very unfamiliar space. I went to this company right out of college. It was all I knew. So not having a job was was just very unfamiliar. And then the divine connection, as I said when I left. I knew that God was going to take me higher. He had a plan for me. And it was just a matter of time for me to figure it out um, when and what that plan was. And we just had to wait on the Lord. Um, Yes, um, that brings me to another part of the devotional that I wanted to share on this day. It's called Trust God's Timing. And in your last paragraph, It says, everything doesn't work according to our timetable. Things will happen at the appointed time. Don't try to force a situation. Keep honoring and trusting God. That husband, that wife, that baby, that house, that job, that thing you're waiting for is on the way. Mm -hmm. Going through the process may not be a piece of cake. But if you endure until the end, the outcome will be just as Mm. sweet. You nailed it right there. You nailed it, especially for this time. And uh, with Mm COVID-19, we're all waiting. We are waiting and it's going to come. It's going to be different. It's going to be different, but it's going to come. And we just have to wait on God's time and not the governor's, not the mayor. They, they opening up places. People want to get back to their jobs and everything. And you totally understand. But you have to wait on God's you timing. Have to, and I we- just want to say that the biggest thing I had to overcome during this season, Kim, was the disappointment with things not oh. as I planned. Yes. I tell you, if you're patient and you just wait on the Lord and you do as he's leading you, do what he's leading you to do what he has planned for you is going to be way better exceedingly wow all we ask for is what the scripture says it is going to blow your mind because it is going to be so much greater than you could have even ever imagined i never would have imagined that i would be a published author having a book that was published by trinity broadcast net broadcast networks trilogy publishing company the thought yes yes and look at look at there 
look at there and you're all over just like I began with this podcast you've been telling that story you're all over and you got many more places to go to tell that wonderful story and it's touching people's lives I hope so because I'm a living witness I'm a living witness that things when they happen to you you do have a choice if you're going to become bitter or better Yes. It is a choice. It's a choice. Yes. And you definitely have come better. And I hope after my podcasters are listening to this segment that they will be encouraged after losing a job that better things are ahead. Yes. The best is yet to come. It's all about your attitude. I encourage the listeners to maintain an attitude of gratitude. I know it may be hard sometimes. I know some days may be rough and the times may be tough right now, especially in this COVID-19 environment. And we don't know what's ahead, but that's exactly how I was feeling when I was on this journey. There was so much uncertainty in my future. And I had to just trust that God knew what he was doing. And he certainly did. So I thank you for coming to talk with me and sharing that story. Please stay in touch and let us know what's going on with you. Thank you you so much. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you are interested in sharing your story of grief, email Kimberly at VictoryOverLoss.com or visit me on my Instagram at VictoryOverLoss. Be blessed indeed, always.